You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. The Sportsman's Nation is a 2% for conservation certified business. And on August 21st, you can join other conservationists all over the world in supporting Community Conservation Day. It's a day for anyone to give their time and or dollars back to their local ecosystems and favorite conservation causes. For more information on how you can participate, visit fishandwildlife.org. You're listening to the Average Conservationist Podcast, brought to you by Go Hunt and in partner with 2% for Conservation. Sign up today to become an insider at GoHunt.com. 2% for Conservation's mission is to create an alliance of businesses and individuals that ensure the future of hunting and angling by committing their time and dollars to fish and wildlife. 1% of your time plus 1% of your money equals 2% for Conservation. 2% helps businesses and people pair with conservation causes to support things that fit what they care about. Whether you're into fishing, hunting, or just getting outdoors, 2% can help you not only start giving back to wildlife, but get certified for it. Getting 2% certified means you've made the same commitments as popular brands like Sitka, First Light, Stone Glacier, and Seek Outside in giving at least 1% of your time and dollars back to wildlife. But it's not just for outdoor companies. Breweries, contractors, coffee roasters, and even piano repair companies have earned 2% certification and stand out as leaders in their community for doing so. Businesses that are committed to conservation deserve your business when you shop. Learn more about 2% for conservation at fishandwildlife.org. That's fishandwildlife.org. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Average Conservationist Podcast, and I'm your host, Marcus Ewing. Today on the podcast, I am joined by Jimmy Jeraputo, and Jimmy is the marketing director for 2% Certified Half Rack, and Half Rack is kind of new on the scene uh, in terms of the hunting uh, industry and hunting space. Uh, they offer a <clears throat> wide variety of hunting accessories and different products, um, Everyone over there at uh, Half Rack are, you know, diehard whitetail hunters, um, but they also enjoy, you know, other pursuits as well. So a lot of the accessories and gear that they're making um, can really be utilized uh, for a lot of different activities outdoors. Um, what's cool is Jimmy talks about, you know, really the versatility uh, of a lot of their um, products that they offer, um, how they wanted to kind of get dual use out of um, single products and, you know, in this day and age, especially in the whitetail woods, you know, everyone's looking to, uh, you know, be a bit more mobile, a bit more lightweight. So the the things that they're offering are, are certainly ways um, that you can do that. Um, Jimmy talks about his role uh, as marketing director there at Half Rack uh, and really what they're trying to build 
um, with their brand and the, the type of loyalty uh, that, you're, that they're trying to create um, in kind of a, a section of the market that um, has not really been uh, pursued in that way, I guess you could say. Um, Jimmy also talks about really, you know, why conservation is one of the three key pillars uh, that make up Half Rack and, and why they're so passionate uh, about conservation and why becoming 2% certified was, was so important to them even um, before they, they launched the brand and everything like that. So uh, really cool episode today. Uh, a lot of good insight. Uh, episode 52, Jimmy Jeraputo, Half Rack. Enjoy, guys. Real quick, though, before we get into today's episode, I want to tell you about our partners over at Stone Glacier. Uh, and if you've been tuning in over the past year, you've uh, heard me talk at length about Stone Glacier and all the great products that they offer from packs to bino harnesses, uh, their different outerwear, uh, everything like that. If you haven't already, please be sure and go to StoneGlacier.com. Give the shop a call. Talk to one of the customer service reps over there. You know, really pick their brain. Tell them about you know what type of hunt you would be getting into, and they can definitely point you in the right direction uh, in terms of what they think is going to suit you best. And also, be sure to download the Stone Glacier app, uh, whether iTunes or Google Play, whatever your device is. They've got the um, uh, the app for you, and really. My experience with Stone Glacier has been nothing short of awesome over the past year. Um, I've really put their their packs uh, through the ringer, uh, using them in a lot of different scenarios, whether it was whitetail hunting, scouting, turkey hunting, shed hunting, uh, you know, just everyday use. Um, I, I've gotten a lot of great use out of it. It's held up extremely well. It carries weight extremely well. Um, so if you're on the fence, if you're looking for a new pack, definitely be sure to check out StoneGlacier.com. All right, I'd like to welcome to the podcast today from 2% Certified Half Rack, Jimmy Jeraputo. Jimmy, how's it going, man? Good, Marcus. How are you? I'm good. Hopefully I got the last name right. I, like We were just talking about it before, man. I didn't want to butcher it before we even started. Yeah, hey, I'm I'm used to it. It's uh, kind of par for the course, so it's all good. <laughs> Well, hey, man, I appreciate you making some time. I know we kind of put this together uh, in pretty short order here, so I'm glad that um, we can sit down and talk a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I'm, You reached out, and I was like, you know what? This seems great, and uh, digging the hat, love the average conservationist, so I'm, I'm glad that we can be here and talk. So Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you, man. So <clears throat> first off, tell me what your role is with Half Rack there, Jimmy. Yeah, um, so I am... I guess for all intents and purposes, director of marketing. Um, <laughs> I think we all kind of collaborate and do a lot of stuff together, but that's my main focus, my main task, trying to build this brand up. Um, so I think for the time being, that's what we'll call it. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Now, how many uh, how many of you are there that kind of are all involved with the Half Rack brand? Uh, so there's four of us, um, and... You know, it's kind of a pretty cool team that we got going on. And like I said, we all collaborate on everything. But, you know, there's I'm more the marketing guy. And then we all kind of collaborate on the branding efforts and what our values are, of course. Uh, But then there's guys that um, they're product guys and sales guys. So it's just kind of a great all around team for us to get all the boxes checked off together really nicely. 
works, yeah. flows good. Yeah, good mix of, of different skill sets to kind of tackle all the different uh, kind of areas that are out there. So were all of you guys like buddies before you started this, or how did you kind of end up where you're at? So it's actually uh, – it's funny, you know, because you could have theoretically been talking to any of us, but be talking to me, I'm more on the the back end side of it. So I was the last person to come into this, and um, the three, the other three gentlemen, they uh, were all buddies before this. They've worked together. They do a lot of uh, – other stuff mostly behind the scenes in the hunting industry because you know being sales and design people like you're generally you know you're not a public figure you're just right. doing your work because we're passionate about it um and then so i came along um in like september october and uh that's when we really started putting stuff out on social media doing our marketing efforts building up an influencer team slowly but surely which that's a never ending game, but we're on our way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, uh, so yeah. So to answer your question, we're all buddies now. But yeah. I was kind of the last one in, into this whole play. Okay. So <clears throat> I think I first probably came across half rack probably right around the time. I'm guessing probably when you got involved there and started to kind of make a bigger push on social media and everything like that. So tell me, I mean, I know, but uh, for the listeners out there, tell me exactly what half rack is. Yeah, so uh, that's a good question too, because you know everything is getting built up. Um, but the best way to say it is that we're just a better gear brand. Okay. Um, that's what we're trying to be, and that's who we see ourselves as. Um, and mostly, the most important factor to that is our very. I don't want to say pushy at all, but like just very forward viewing views on our values and conservation. Um, so I guess the best way to describe that would be our three guiding principles. We call them the three P's prepare, preserve and prosper. Um, and we have, and it's on our website. I can't remember the exact paragraphs for each, but they each lay out different pieces of how we foresee our brand growing and how we wanted to relate to everyone out there, um, really from traditional original values into now how things have evolved. And it's kind of ironic because, as you can see in the marketing space, it's kind of making a circle back to the traditional retro feeling stuff. Right. But so like prepare, we kind of break that down as like, you know, our gear is going to help you prepare for the field. Um, prepare to be a better hunter, all that good stuff. Um, preserve being the conservation piece mostly and preserving traditions, but also being open into that things are evolving and trying to be more than just what was and prosper. We kind of, you know, say sometimes to a degree like full memories and full freezers. Like you say, you're full of memories, like you're making memories um and then you know can't really beat fresh venison as a way to prosper yeah for sure (laughs) no so that's that's really cool and i like i like the idea and like the mission behind the three p's because like there's this like this very tangible way about looking at that because sometimes you know i feel like there's there's certain brands out there that kind of offer a, a very high end product right that not everyone has like the 
financial ability to get into whether it's a high-end bow a high-end rifle something like that but if you're if you're creating a brand and you're offering products that are attainable to anyone you know uh really in the hunting space and you know i was looking through the website this morning and like everything on there is at a very affordable price you know it's something that whether you're a seasoned hunter whether you're just getting into it and you're looking for you know a gun case or whatever it is like you know, the, these things are very affordable and kind of bringing that all together and something that everyone can identify with, I think is a great way to go about it. Yeah. I think, uh, you hit, you hit it perfectly. I mean, that's, that's really our goal is we want to be, you know, like it's kind of sounds vague to say we want to be a, a better gear brand. Well, like, you know, what does that mean? But to us, that means looking forward and that's kind of with the, the great part that I feel about the preserved piece is like we're preserving the feeling that you get from making these memories and being at, you know, quote, hunting camp, deer camp, whatever you want to call it, but bringing it into the, having given everyone the ability to bring that piece and bring half rack into their space, but then also evolving as things move forward. So as much as it should, we want it to feel timeless. We want it to, we want it to also be viewed as, you know, um, I guess a good word would be evolutionary, not evolutionary, but progressive, like moving forward. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. So where was it that the idea for the brand came from? I mean, how, I know you said you kind of were the last one that was brought into the fold or that joined the team there, but tell me about, you know, the, the kind of the inception of the idea of, of the brand, excuse me. Yes. Yeah, so actually this is a pretty cool piece of it that I, uh, just, I had heard about, but I just really got the full experience of recently when I was up in Wisconsin. So that's where this all originated. And you'll see on our packaging and some other stuff, we use the term woods of Wisco. Like, you know, it's just, it's a way to share our origins without being too in depth. It's just, that's where it started. And it's, it, it's a way for people to resonate with it. Cause like, you know, I'm from New York, live in Virginia you know, Wisconsin doesn't hold a crazy place for me, but when you think of woods of a place, you can kind of tie in with that. So when I was up there, um, the gentleman, Josh, that is, uh, it really kind of conceived with him and his story and his traditions, um, in quote, the woods of Wisco. So, yeah. uh, as far as I remember, I believe he said he's had the name half rack for a while, for a very long while as an LLC name. Um, and it was something that his dad, and I'm not sure how his dad got it, but I know his dad's had it for a long time. Um, uh, like just that idea, just with him and his buddies hanging out, hunting. And you can see that camaraderie when I was up there and his dad has a old style half rack outdoors logo, like hoodie thing that they made years ago with, I think Josh may have said that he made, he made the logo on like paint or some sort of like stock. <laughs> some super Microsoft old school. Ad. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of cool though, because you get to see like where it was really, you know, the seed started and what it's evolved into. Um, so that that's where it really started way back. Um, but then as obviously years go on, things progress about a year, year and a half ago, the other three gentlemen, uh, they started to have a conversation about like, we see this opening in the market where there needs to be a 
gear brand and accessory brand that also holds much stronger values than just, you know, affordable gear. There's something backing it like our three P's and our focus on conservation and being partnered with 2%. So that's when the wheels really started spinning, like pretty much this time last year into the summer. And then, like I said, I came around October and now we're here. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, it's a cool way to look at it, especially with like, so the, the accessories and things like that, that you guys are making and that you're offering, because those, like those accessories and, and building a brand around kind of that core area or that area of like items i guess a lot of times like for me as a hunter like i look at those things as like you know you're you're standing in line to buy something like you know like whether it's like a bow hanger or something like that like just you know you're just your little accessory hooks right like ah shit i probably need three or four of those like just grab them <laughs> and throw them in the pack right or just grab yeah. them throw them you know pay for them whatever but and i i couldn't tell you the brand of bow hanger I have, the brand of accessory hooks, um, you know, my, my pull up rope, you know, there's all these things that, you know, I just, I couldn't tell you when I got them, where I got them, who makes them, anything like that. So to, to build a brand around something that every hunter is using, uh, it, it's a great idea. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you think so. And wish I could take credit for it, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's, I'm glad that us having this conversation and like hearing you say it that way, it's, it's what we want people to feel. So knowing that just from your, you know, outside looking in view so far and seeing us on social and our website and you realizing that it really make it like it affirms everything. So like, that's how I hope everyone else sees it. Yeah. Because I look at it and, and I think hunters can be, uh, pretty loyal, uh, for the most part to their gear and to brands, um, especially I think of like, you know, camo patterns, like whether it's, you know, sick, uh, first light, you know, whatever the case is, like guys get into one of those and they just, they don't want to leave it, you know, and, and everyone has their own reasons for liking it. But again, like going back, like the accessories, that's not something that anyone has any brand loyalty to. And I think that's because again, people don't know who makes them, right? So if you can put a yeah. name with a product or with a, an offering of products, I mean, that's already one step ahead of everyone else that's out there. Exactly. And to your point of like, you know, you have all this gear and you're not overly certain most of the time where you got it or who you got it from. Like that is our goal is for people to want to choose us. And I think the biggest play with that, which we've alluded to a little bit with some of the stuff we're launching to start. And it kind of goes back on to the like, the us moving and looking forward, not just being gear that's been around, like we're trying to evolve pieces and make them better. So that is another way that we're, you know, trying to creep further into the space by making each product that, you know, if you see a gun case, like how can we make it better? If we see a bow hanger, how can we make it better? That's, that's another way that we're trying to get ourselves, you know, onto that list of gear that people align themselves with. Yeah, because I'd imagine that with things like you just mentioned, like a bow hanger, excuse me, or like a gun case, like there hasn't really been any advancements, so to speak, in those in that particular area for a long time. I mean, you know, I mean, a gun case, I mean, you can do different things with a gun case, but at the end of the day, like it's a gun case. 
So people don't necessarily know how to differentiate one from the other. So if you can yeah, do something that separates yourself, yeah, all, all the better. Yeah, um, I think at least to start right now, I would, you know, I would say like our gun case, right? I think one of my favorites that we got coming out, if I could speak on it, sure. is um, the Waz, we call it the Wazi gun case. So you'll see that's another kind of piece to note on of how we're tying the brand together is so we have our Wazi gun cases, we got Wildcat. And then we have a sling with the name. It's the ROM gun sling. It's going to be our EVA molded one. Okay. And um, so, like, those names come from Josh's hunting experiences. Those are places he's hunted. Okay. Um, the names of them. So, like, to me, I love branding. Like, that's my thing in marketing. So, knowing that there's – it's not just whatever gun case. Like, it has a reason behind it. There's a story we're building. And, you know, we want that to be part of everyone else's story. But getting back to the case, like you said, there hasn't been a lot of changes in, in at least normal gun cases unless you're looking to spend, you know, an astronomical amount of money. Right. But as design guys, too, the way we looked at it was a timeless finish. And we added a quilted pattern. It's tone on tone. And this is the YZ, by the way, because the Wildcat is a little bit more simple, but... Um, so the Wazi's got that quilted finish with a tone on tone look like gray on dark gray. Uh, it's got, there was a rifle one and a shotgun one. So it fits a scoped rifle and then up to a 52 inch shotgun for the shotgun case. And they both got a pouch on the outside for accessories like, and for, and don't quote me on this cause I'm not the numbers guy, but I believe it's $60 or less. Um, yeah. And that, that's not like, I wouldn't have a problem and I'm sure there's a lot of guys out there that wouldn't have a problem spending you know 60 bucks on a nicely a nice high quality gun case right especially if you know if they have you know a, a really high-end shotgun or rifle or something that you know they want to make sure it's protected you know a 60 dollar investment i mean that's that's nothing exactly and especially it, you know it's funny my cousin said it recently he just bought a two thousand dollar shotgun he's like <laughs> buy, buy once cry once so yeah. I was like, yeah you're right so 60 dollars to protect your $2,000 gun is not really a bad deal. Yeah. I mean, I go to the gas so. station, put 60 bucks in my truck, and a week later, it's gone. You know, at least with, <laughs> at least with a shotgun case, you're going to have that thing for, you know, you know, presumably the rest of your life and, you know, pass it down to your kids. And I like what you had said, um, kind of a side note here, with like the uh, the tone on tone. And, and that's one of the things I've, again, when looking through the website, and what I noticed with a lot of the, uh, like the designs and patterns like that is, I'm a big believer in less is more. So you guys kept it really simple in terms of like the color schemes, uh, like tone on tone type stuff. Like to me, like I think that stuff looks way better than, you know, you're putting, you know, two like contrasting colors to try to make it pop or something like that. Like I like the subtlety behind that. Yeah, I, uh, I definitely agree. And that was, um, another, the other, one of the other gentlemen, his name's TJ. So he, he mostly dealt with that color scheme stuff for a while. And then we, collaboratively did the packaging and i think that's i'm biased to that because i did a lot of it it's your baby um yeah it is so you know that will be something that relatively soon everyone will start to get to see as another you know that'll be another piece that ties in more of our branding and what you can expect but i feel very confident kind of going back on what we said earlier about getting you know wanting our consumer 
to align with our brand and be like, that's my gear brand. Um, I feel confident in saying that ours will stand out in the store um, and against anyone else's. And, you know, that's said in a completely humble way, but yeah. it's just, it's, I, you know, I'm biased to it. So. Yeah. But you gotta be, you know, you gotta be con- like, I, I find that, especially on the podcast, when people are talking about their brand or their company that they tend to kind of tiptoe around wanting to, you know, say how much better they think their brand is or how good they think it is or anything like that. And, you know, the way I look at it is, I, I think there's a fine line between being, you know, braggadocious and just being confident. But I think you have to have a, a certain level of confidence uh, in your product and, and believe that what you're putting out there is going to be, you know, better than the, the competition. And it's going to, you know, really resonate and the customers are going to like it. Absolutely. So why hunting accessories specifically? Um, I guess, well, could you elaborate on that? I guess, like, what's your thought on that? Yeah. So, I mean, in terms of like starting the company, you know, and wanting to kind of build a brand and a company around, um, you know, just making better products for than what's already out there in terms of like the accessory space with hunting. I mean, what was it that when they when the idea came together they said okay like we're going to make you know these specific things was it that they saw like a need for them or they just thought that what was out there was could be improved upon a lot i guess yeah so that's a piece that i wasn't entirely around for yeah but just knowing what i know i think it's kind of a few factors i think it's one that, like you said, not a lot has changed in a lot of different things. So it's like there's there's room to evolve for sure. Um, and then I think just the idea in general behind Half Rack ties in nicely with the accessories because then there's, you know, it's not just one product that ties together the whole story. It's, you know, we want to be able to be that better piece of gear for you throughout all of your facets of hunting. You know what I mean? Like from start to, from start to finish. So I think that probably had a big factor in it. Um, and then also, uh, my buddy TJ, who's part of this, he is obsessed with designing products. So I'm sure he, I'm sure he was probably like, yeah, let's just design more products. (laughs) Yeah, no, there's nothing wrong with that. And especially if you can, if you know you have an idea to improve upon, then it, it makes it a lot easier than just, you know, sitting kind of at your computer or at your desk or whatever and trying to just wish something into existence in terms of a, of a product that has never been used or anything like that. So, yeah, I can I can see going down that route for sure. Yeah. And um, yeah, like with that being said, you know, there was obvious like you can look at the opening price point products and see what is and what works. But like I said earlier, us looking at how to make things better, right? Like this year, we're kind of giving out a little bit of a taste of it with a few products. And then there's stuff coming. At least the timeline sits right now that by this time next year, roughly, where that'll be the real like out of the box. No one's seen it before type of stuff. Okay. Um. So that's where we're going, like in a general term. So trust us that 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 it's going to be cool. Um, but I guess a good a good one is an example of like how we view 
this space and how we want to expand upon it. As an example, uh, come starting this year is our bow wing. So I'm a bow hunter. I mean, I mostly, I think I took, I took the rifle out this year for one week to try to get a doe so that I can go hunting for a buck again. (laughs) And that was it. Um, and, uh, so our bowing is, you know, uh, I believe it's 10 inches long expanded, maybe 11, not too certain on that number, but it's screwing, um, bow hanger. And instead of just your normal bow hook and that's all you get, we added a, what we're calling oversized gear hook. So it's actually closer to the back end where the, um, hanger itself seats into the tree. Okay. And then, so it's you can push it and it helps bite into the tree so that when there's more weight on it, on it, like, you know, when your bow's out at the end, that's basically like, like a stability piece. It's almost like a tripod, right? Gotcha. It just adds it so that when the weight's sitting, that hook is pushed against the tree. So your hanger doesn't dip as much. And then it also functions as a backpack hook if you'd like. And since everyone's into filming their hunts, a lot of people use ozonics and kind of ozone diffusers there's a quarter 20 thread on top so you oh. can all all in one have your stuff ready to go like i don't personally use an ozonics but honestly that alone would make me more comfortable to try it because it's not just another bracket or another thing i have to bring in i'm a minimalist guy so if i can have something that functions in multiple ways that's gonna be my go-to so i'm excited for that one yeah <laughs> so a couple things there one that's a really cool idea. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't do either of those. I, I don't use Ozonics and I don't film my hunts. However, I know that there is a, a very big need for items like that. There's a lot of guys who film their hunts, uh, especially in, with social media in this day and age. And I mean, I get it. If you can relive your experience or, or tell a story through through a hunt with a video or anything like that, like absolutely. Uh, and then the Ozonics, obviously, you know the the concealment aspect of of being in a tree is is vital um but yeah like i think so i'm gonna quick story here my brother-in-law he he uses an ozonics he tries to film his own hunts and when we're like when we hunt together all the time so when we're at the truck in the morning and we're getting ready like i've got my pack which i mean i could probably get away without bringing a backpack into the tree but you know maybe like an extra layer of clothes, coffee if it's early morning, maybe some <laughs> snacks, right? Like just a few like little things, um, you know, my kill kit, whatever. And I look over at him and he's got, I mean, this thing is like packed to the gills. He can't fit any more room in it. He's like, man, it's going to be such a long walk. This pack's so heavy. I'm like, well, you've got like four different arms in there. You've got, you know, two extra sets of clothes, like so yeah, if you could cut down, you know, two cam- like a camera arm, an arm for the Ozonics, like that's going to free up so much weight and space in your pack, especially, you know, with lightweight and mobility being kind of all the rave right now in terms of, of hunting. Yeah, that's a really cool idea, man. I'm excited to see that. Yeah, so, and it'll definitely be perfect for GoPro. And then, I mean, I'm sure even if they're, I'm not sure if there's out there, but adapters that fit a quarter 20 that a small camcorder could go on, it'd be perfect for that. Yeah. So, um, but then I heard you in there talking about coffee and snacks. So I got to ask, are you, what's your, what's your go-to snack? Man. So I'm a really superstitious guy and this is, I'm probably going to get catch some heat, not even catch heat for this, but I'm probably going to get made fun of, but 
ever since like I started hunting with my dad when I was young, like, and this is, you know, shoot, early nineties when I started hunting, he would, we would always have pop tarts. So like every time I go hunting, like I always have a uh, cinnamon brown sugar pop tart. Like I'll, if it's like, you know, even if I'm going out like, okay, so let's say early season, you know, you hunt three or four hours in the morning, take the, you know, the afternoon off, you hunt the evening. So even if I'm going for an evening hunt, I'll hit the gas station on the way to the woods. And if they don't have like cinnamon brown sugar, like I'm not doing strawberry, I'm not doing any of that other jazz. <laughs> like, like I'm very specific in what I have. So like pop tarts are a big one. And I like sweets when I'm in the tree stand, man, gummy bears. Like it's terrible to say, and, but I mean, that's, that's what I like. That's funny. So the reason I asked is because I wasn't sure if you had seen our snack pack. I did see those. Yes. So, Tell me about them. Yeah. Um, so it's just, it's kind of like a, you know, of course it's called the snack pack and that's what we want to see. It's going to be a fun piece where we can see what people do, right? Like we want to be able to see people sharing their stories, what their snacks are. It kind of builds a friendly competition. Like you said, you already put yourself in the hole by talking about your pop tarts and gummy (laughs) bears. So, yeah, but it's also large enough that, you know, with the drawstring loop, you know, maybe you can hook it around your belt loop if you want, or just keep it in your bag or, you know, tied to the side of your bag, but you can easily keep a handheld release in there, a rangefinder, stuff like that. So we want to see our goal with that one will be to see what fun people have with it. Yeah. Cause everyone's got their pieces that they use that other people might not or things that they do. And it's just kind of a cool little piece. It's machine washable. So, it, you know, you don't got to worry about, snacks getting it dirty granted like don't pour some soup in there or something you know it's for dry snacks and you know jerky and stuff but yeah you know no i feel like going back to the snack thing like all of my snacks like i i feel like i sound like like a 12 year old kid with stuff that I like because i'm a big like especially like on the all day sits like i mean don't get me wrong like i'll have some jerky from time to time but like uncrustables man those are tough to beat for me when, you know, that mid-morning a with a hot cup of coffee, especially like in the late season, whew, peanut butter and jelly and hot, and, and hot coffee, man. It's a great combination. I might have to adopt that uh, with the snack pack, have a Lunchable or two in there. Yeah. I'm not a Lunchable. Uh, wait, what is it? Uh, Uncrustable. Uncrustable. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good with some coffee. Yeah, I just raid my kid's uh, snack drawer before I go hunting every day. <laughs> so. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so... Now, I noticed on the website, you guys uh, look like you're about to, or the, the products is going to be available soon. So can you tell me uh, when the products are expected to uh, actually launch? Yeah, so uh, timeline right now is set for, I believe, mid to late August. So right in the buying season, right when everyone's looking to get more gear. Um, so hopefully everything stays on track. It should. Um, at the very least, you know, if something happens, we'll have, you know, a couple SKUs come in later. Yeah. No big deal. But we're excited to be able to get ready and get people geared up before right before the season starts, at least most whitetail, you know, because that's October 1st, yeah. most places. Yeah. And what's nice, too, is even if, you know, that the SKUs come in, you know, they, they have to come in a little bit later. A lot of the products with the accessories that you guys offer, like our stuff that you can carry into the stand, right? You don't have to necessarily put it you know, put it out when you hang your stand, you know, in yep. the middle of summer or something like that. So it's not a, a super big inconvenience if you have to bring it out with you the first time you go. Exactly. Um, 
and then speaking of summer pieces, we do have uh, two trail camera mounts so that, you know, they might come in a touch late for this year, but knowing that, you know, people will be using them and seeing them come next year, I think that'll be a huge thing, and um, I'm pretty excited about them. So um, we got our two-pack of screw-in um, trail camera mounts, and they can be set in horizontal or then vertical. So obviously okay. you screw them in, but then there's a, uh, a thumb screw that just switches sides of the hole. So it's either from the bottom for horizontal or from the other way of the hook for vertical. Okay. So it's kind of cool if you got a log or something else um, that uh, you need to get your camera on. Cause sometimes, I mean, I deal with it all the time. The best spots, not, where you think it is so right yeah or there's no yeah there's nowhere to to attach like in the traditional sense there's no tree or anything like that to to strap up to yeah so if you can be a bit more versatile and have more options yeah all the better exactly um so kind of want to know i mean you got kind of brought into the fold a little bit late a little bit later on like we talked about but, you know, we both know that starting a business can be tough. It's going to have its trials and tribulations. So for you guys, what has kind of been the most difficult thing for you to overcome uh, over the past, you know, for you, you know, six, eight months or, you know, even for the other guys, if you can speak for them? Yeah, let me think on that for a second. I think, I don't know, I think... Uh... I think it's just the hardest thing overall is just that it's an evolving process, which is any business, but just knowing, like seeing how things are evolving and wanting to really be able to tie it all together. I think the biggest piece, and this isn't really by any fault of anybody, it's just the way the timing is and how we have it set up, is just not having gear in the hands of what you know our influencers our creators and the people we're building as our family because it's hard to get i think this kind of sums it up is it's hard to get people to believe in what we know and what we see because we're the ones doing it behind the scenes until we can give them a tangible like this is why we feel we do so it's all evolving but i think that's just the struggle is having these conversations without actually having a tangible thing for people to feel. So when people do believe in just our vision, it is a nice feeling. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. If they can get on board before they actually try or, or have the products in their hands. Yeah. That's, that's a, a good kind of foot in the door. And, you know, it, it, like anything, um, when, when, if you find something that you like, you know, and you're telling, you know, Josh or TJ, Hey, you know, I found whatever it is, and, and you like like the recommendation, the word of mouth, like th- things like that are going to help obviously spread to even before um, they maybe necessarily have products to use. Yeah, exactly. So I want to shift gears a bit here and kind of go back to um, Half Rack's mission, the three P's, um, and kind of specifically talk about, um, was it um, Preserve? So obviously Half Rack is 2% certified. So how was it that you guys actually first learned about 2%? Um, I mean, I've known about them for a while. Uh, and I'm not sure. I'm sure the other guys just kind of knew about it. And then 
as this started up and evolved, you know, we realized like that's, you know, it, we already had our guiding principles. We already had our three P's. It kind of just made sense to, from the start, be that person, right? Like, like it just become it'll become second nature is yeah. what some people have discussed about is <clears throat> that we didn't spend three to five years building a brand and then get on board. Like from the beginning, it's just going to be second nature for us to always be thinking about that, always be progressing on that piece of our brand and how it ties in with 2% and the entire hunting industry. So the sooner the better is the way we see it. Yeah. So kind of from both a, a personal and a business standpoint, you know, why would you th- or why do you think or why is conservation such a key part of, you know, of, of everything that you guys are doing? <clears throat> um, I'd say personal standpoint, and I'm sure I could speak for you know, most people in the industry when saying that, and it, it gets said all the time, but it's very true that we need to be doing efforts towards conservation if we actually want to be, you know, keep these businesses running one and keep doing what we love to do. Um, and that's hunting. So, uh, that's the personal side. It just is, it just kind of is a necessity. And then business side, is, you know, we want to stand out and there's many ways we can stand out, but what better way than having values and vision that people can align with. So, and having the help of 2% is even better. So, you know, you're, you're giving up 1% of your time and 1% of your money, but you're able to be part of something bigger. It's not just half rack on its own. And it's not just half rack and 2%. It's half rack, 2%, and everyone else that we can bring together. Yeah, that's one thing that that I've really enjoyed about working with 2% through the podcast is like the the inclusion that they have. I mean, how they're trying to get or they would like anyone and everyone um, to be a part of, of 2% and to be a part of giving back both their time and their money. Because, I mean, if, if you go through the list on uh, fishandwildlife.org on their website, you'll see like, yeah, there's there's a lot of very um, outdoor brand or like outdoor specific brands, right? Half Rack, the Average Conservationist, Sitka, First Light, all these that are the products that they're making are designed for the outdoors. But then you have companies that, you know, real estate agents, you know, piano repair companies, right? Like things that have kind of nothing to do with the outside or with the outdoors, but they still see the value in giving back. And I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there when you said it, like, it's not just half rack and 2%, like it's, it's you guys and then everyone else that you guys can all kind of bring into the fold. Exactly. I think, you know, I don't know any specifics on how or why, but the more ways that we can collaborate organically, you know, on those efforts. And then even if it's on, you know, business efforts right but just through that and having that meeting place is huge and i think that that's really cool and it's i mean it's it's kind of a no-brainer like you're literally pairing up with other people who see things the same way why wouldn't you want to do that (laughs) yeah it's it's funny like what you just said there you're like it's a no-brainer like i could literally take like clips from all 50 some episodes that uh i've recorded and just like make like this montage of people being like, 
it was a no-brainer. It was a no-brainer. It was a no, like <laughs> and just like one on top of him, just like splice it all together. But no, and that's that's what I love to hear is that when people talk about becoming two percent certified and getting involved, like they don't have to kind of hum and haw about. Well, someone told me I wasn't quite sure. You know, I went back and forth. Everyone's just like, yeah. Once I under, you know, once I learned about it, once I read more, like it was a no-brainer. And that's like I think that's kind of one of the the best things that I can point to with all of these companies and their their beliefs and their values in terms of conservation in the outdoors is they always come back to it was a no-brainer like to get back was it, it's almost like it, like i i'd be crazy if i weren't giving back you know what i mean oh yeah i mean it's not that not being a part of two percent or not giving back like is a it's not done maliciously but right. it's it kind of comes into like it's like don't bite the hand that feeds you. Like we're doing the polar opposite of that. Like we're, we're, it's working in unison. So it just makes perfect sense. Yeah. You're giving the hand that feeds you a spoon, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. A shovel. (laughs) Yeah. There you go. So you guys actually, I saw something on social media, uh, not too long ago. Um, when you were talking about like partnering with these organizations, stuff like that, that you guys had something with the NWTF. Is that right? So, Um, it wasn't specifically with NWTF, but what it was, was, um, through 2% giving back to, to conservation for turkeys. So, um, through 2%, we had our taken care of Tommy T available so that, and then a hundred percent of the profits were going to be donated back to basically to 2% and to some local NWTF chapters to aid in Turkey conservation. All right. Um, so that's something that we, you know, Turkey season's pretty, pretty much kind of on its end here. I know some States got about a week and a half or so, but that's something that we want to, and envision doing in the years to come and, you know, change up the designs, bring more people on board who know, you know, that's the, again, the beauty of, being through 2% and working through them in these regards is they have all these individuals that, you know, are resources to make it even bigger than just an idea. So that's, yeah. that's kind of the beauty and the, the vision moving forward. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, turkeys, uh, the population, the habitat, like all that money is going to go directly back to organizations that are going to help, you know, help those things prosper is, is all the better. And that's what I love about, you know, what you guys are doing with half rack, what you see so many other, um, companies do like, you know, public land tees is a big one. And, you know, all the money that they raise through their kind of, you know, creative ways of, of partnering up with people and and raising money is awesome. And what you just said about, you know, like the designs will change kind of from year to year, but you guys will still have this, this mission to support, whether it's, you know, turkeys or, or whitetails, uh, whatever it is that it's kind of this ongoing thing. So people kind of have something to look forward to kind of year in and year out to, you know, kind of help put their money where their mouth is, so to speak in terms of conservation. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, we haven't had any specific discussions on how, you know, how and what we'll do for whitetails, but obviously we're mainly whitetail guys. So I'm sure it's going to be pretty exciting. (laughs) Yeah. Turkey hunting is, I kind of gave it my first real go this year. I'd been out a few times in the past, um, I never just had a whole lot of luck and I didn't grow up turkey hunting, but it seems, and, and maybe it's just because I'm paying more attention now, but it seems like a lot more people are getting involved in turkey hunting, whether it's, 
They just need something to do during the spring to pass the time before they're getting ready for whitetail season or they're getting ready for, you know, elk or mule deer season out west, whatever it is. But it feels like there's just a lot more people that are are getting involved and especially new hunters, right? Because it's, you know, the barrier to entry is so much lower for something like turkey hunting compared to, you know, bow hunting or you know anything like that. Yeah, I, uh, I'm kind of right there with you. I went turkey hunting and got a nice Tom about 10 years ago and haven't hunted turkeys until this year. And they gave me a run for my money for sure. And I, uh, all I can say is, is it ain't deer hunting. It's just, it's just not as exciting, (laughs) but it's great. It's great fun, but it's just, it's, I, me personally, I can't compare. Yeah. Were you able to tag a bird this year? No, no, (laughs) no. So either was I, and I learned in the, uh, the three times I went out this year, I learned exactly what not to do when turkey hunting. So things like things that I can apply to next year was, you know, don't move around as much, <laughs> you know, figure out when to call, when the right time to call is not over calling anything like that. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it was still fun. I saw, I got my eyes on some birds. I had a lot of, you know, birds talking to me, but I didn't have anything close a distance inside of a hundred yards. So, yeah. but it was still a good experience. So now with 2%, and with giving back, what are some of the organizations that uh, you guys are, are giving back your time and money to? Um, so uh, I guess I'll start with money. Um, I think our vision, and this isn't like my call or this is just part of my knowledge of our conversations, but I think our vision is to change it up from year to year. Sure. So I'm not sure other than the obvious NWTF chapters that we've given some to so far uh, I think we'll just kind of go between National Deer Association, RMEF, and move around. And, you know, I think that's kind of our overall goal and vision. Um, but I I think soon we'll, we'll have to come up with some sort of plan for the year specifically on where we think it should go and then a vision on how we'll evolve that moving forward. Um, that's a conversation piece for all four of us to have. Sure. So, um but yeah, that's, that's pretty much the, the idea on that. Yeah. And that's, what's nice about, uh, you know, a small group of, of individuals, like, you know, if it's, it's the four of you guys that you guys can all come together and have this conversation and you can change your mind, right? Like you can kind of set out and say, okay, we're going to donate to this organization. And then something comes up, maybe there's a big need for a project and, you know, this organization is looking for funding and you go, Hey, you know, we know that our money can go to direct use with this specific organization, with this cause, this project, like, boom, let's shift it over here. And then you can always, like you said, come back the next year, reevaluate, go back to doing or, or, or donating, you know, time or money to whatever that organization may have been previously. So that's, that's nice being able to, to spread it around as much as you guys can. Yeah. And, uh, it's ironic with that question too, because we supposed to have a meeting today about, um, I think it's 2% for conservation day in August, right? Yeah. Uh, August 21st, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So we're trying to piece together something for that. Um, I think the idea is going to be maybe some cleanup somewhere on a, on a wetlands or a river somewhere in Wisconsin and then do a raffle type dinner thing. So we'll see what comes from that. That's just our preliminary ideas. So nice. Right on, man. Yeah. Especially, it seems like, especially, uh, during the, the summer months, whether it's just higher foot traffic along some of these, uh, wetlands and and rivers and things, but, uh, the, the river cleanups, um, seem to be a, a pretty popular one, especially here in the Midwest that time of year. 
Yeah. So, real quick, Jimmy, before I let you go here, I know we're you just like you said we're we're on the tail end of turkey season here. Do you have any big hunts or anything like that that you're uh, looking forward to for this fall? Uh, yeah, I do personally. Um, yeah, tell me about. I don't it. know. I don't know about the other gentlemen, but I am. Uh, most likely i want to go to kentucky again in okay. the beginning of september so probably going to have to make that happen even if it's a stretch uh but then my dad is going on a uh, elk hunt in southern colorado so i'll be tagging along to photograph and film oh right on uh, man in the third week in september so busy and then i'll be back in virginia um and i just bought a piece of my own property 65 acres so i uh want to hunt there a lot and hunt the other farm that I hunt here a lot and spend a lot of time learning both of those pieces. And then the other really cool one that I'm excited about is, um, my family owns 30 acres upstate New York because I'm from Long Island originally. And, um, two, one of my cousins and then my cousin's boyfriend, uh, want to get into hunting. Uh, they've never hunted before. So we're going to be like, I think like eight or 10 of us deep on 30 acres, but it's, it's a 30 acres that hunts like 60. It's, it's sure. really beautifully laid out. So that'll be really cool. Cause there's going to be a lot of first time hunters, family all there together, hanging out. So that one I'm really excited for. And that'll be uh third week in November opening weekend of rifle. Okay. No, that's awesome, man. Anytime you can get, um, I don't want to say non hunters, but like anyone who, who hasn't had the experience of hunting, anytime you can get them into the outdoors, and kind of share with them you know what you love about it and hopefully you know bring them on board and into the fold as as a hunter i mean that's that's awesome man i that i think that's probably going to be one of your cooler things that you'll do oh yeah i mean i'm i'm excited and it's 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 exciting to see that they're already excited for it and we haven't even done it yet (laughs) yeah no that's awesome well hey real quick uh again jimmy where can um people find half rack at yeah, so uh, our website is half-rack.com, and then Instagram uh, is half.rack, and I believe uh, our TikTok is also half.rack. So we haven't okay. done a lot on there yet. I know a lot of people are a little bit weary of that, but <laughs> I think it's I think it's a smart smart play when it comes time, so we'll see. But yeah. you can still find us there. <laughs> okay, all right, right on. Well, hey, Jimmy, I really appreciate the time, man. I, I really enjoyed hearing more about Half Rack and, you know, what you guys kind of have in store, you know, the work you guys are doing for conservation and, and the, the entire outlook that you guys have on the company, man, and, and the hunting and conservation industry. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, well, I know we appreciate you having us on, and I really enjoyed talking, so thank you. Yeah, no problem, man. Well, we'll talk to you soon. All right, be good. All right. All right, well, big shout out to Jimmy for taking some time to join me today and telling all of us more about Half Rack. I uh, would also like to thank the partners uh, of the podcast and the ones that helped make this possible, our friends over at Stone Glacier and Go Hunt, as well as Wild Rivers Coffee Company. Uh, I would also like to thank 2% for Conservation. And if you're interested in learning more about 2% for Conservation, you can visit their website, fishandwildlife.org. And over there, you can see all the certified brands that have committed to conservation that you should support when you shop for your gear, your coffee, your guiding services, your books, your real estate agents, uh, anything you can think of, there's likely a brand or an individual who is 2% certified that can help you out. I also encourage you guys to follow 2% on social media where they're going to post only positive conservation-driven content. 
So again, if you'd like to learn more about 2% for Conservation, you can look for them online on social media or at fishandwildlife.org. Thanks for joining me this week, everyone. Hope you uh, enjoyed the episode with Jimmy. I would also like to let you know, stay tuned next week uh, where we're going to be celebrating our one-year anniversary excuse me, one year anniversary of the podcast. We're going to be doing a huge giveaway, um, hopefully with multiple winners, um, with some great gifts uh, and prizes from uh, not only the average conservationist, but the other sponsors of the podcast as well. So be sure, tune in next week, stay tuned for that and enjoy your holiday weekend. Stay safe out there and remember that conservation starts with you.